All right. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Puppet Parent Podcast, seventh uh, episode. <laughs> seventh episode number episode. seven. Ooh, lucky. Seven. Ish seven, lucky seven. Yeah, and we are joined by some very special guests, friends of ours, uh, and I almost want to say mentors because we look up to them so much. Uh, mm-hmm. The amazing Max and his incredible partner slash producer, Christine Cox. Yay! Welcome. Yay. You are so sweet. Thank you, guys. That we're, is very kind of you. Yes. I feel we're, like within the entertainment world we're like cousins you know uh puppeteers and magicians and uh producers so um how how are you guys doing tonight oh you know pandemic (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean uh, us too we're okay we're okay uh today was one of those days well first of all she's been working nonstop all day and i have been lucky enough to have a couple breaks so we're at that point where we're really happy to just like sit down and talk to you, other live human beings. So it's really cool. You guys are real people. So it's really and nice to see you. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, on, on our end, you you're the first adults that we've talked to. Uh, <laughs> in, in I guess that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it feels nice to be like, oh, you were also not five or seven. So that's that's amazing. I waved at a couple of adults at the 7 p.m. clap this not, this evening, oh, but that's they about. Wave, they they wave did back? wave back. That's they nice. did new new people to wave at. There's always somebody that's on nice. the roof, but they never see me on the way far roof. But but there are people down below. I waved. They waved back. So yeah, 7 p.m. clap and Astoria is getting louder each night, which is nice. That's great. Yeah, where are you guys at? We're in Harlem, on uh, right at the top west corner of Central Park. And are you, is there a clap that, that you can hear? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's often a drum line um, that, that sort of sounds off, and the horns are honking. And then last week, somebody just started cranking up music as loud as Yeah, possible. like Mexican Tejano music, like really, <laughs> really loud, as if they were the speakers from his car that somehow were in his living room. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they are. Yeah, they, they were. I'm pretty sure they had to be. I mean, if you don't, if you don't turn on your car, like, you know, every couple of weeks and drive it around, you know, you might as well put those speakers in your, you know, in your, in your room. Yeah. Your car's yeah. not going to work. And it bounced beautifully along the back of all of the buildings and echoed, like, so it made it like three times as loud. It was kind of awesome. Got us moving for a second. We were like, you know what? This guy should t- t- tone it down a little bit. And then we were like, or maybe just keep it on for like another, like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> No, I did hear that same music come on yesterday at about 2 o'clock, and then I just heard someone yell, please turn it off. So, <laughs> and, you know, it made me think. It's oh, like, you know what, it is 2 o'clock. It's a Saturday. Sure, it should be okay to have music playing, but, you know, it actually isn't that cool when we're all quarantined to play music at your loudest volume in the middle of the right? Yeah, I would say so. Not, not unless it was like a request, you know, like, <laughs> like everyone in the city, play your music at the loudest. That's not what's happening. No, right no, now. somebody's taking liberties with with, yeah. with everyone around it. But that's that's like a typical New York City thing, you know. It's like like if you have like a saxophonist living behind, like underneath you or, or above you or something, like you're gonna hear them play the saxophone at some point. True. Yeah. It's true. 
But also it's spring, so I feel like everybody has their windows open right now. It's going to be a lot different in a month and a half when a lot of us have air conditioners. Um, and, and then I'm cons I have concerns about those who don't have air conditioners. I keep thinking about the summer. That's, what, where, that's where my brain has been lately a lot is like, what's the summer going to be like? And then I get stressed about it, and then I have to stop thinking about it. But this is my month to make a plan for the summer if we couldn't stay here. So that's my... That's that's what we're doing this month. Yeah. What you thinking? What you thinking? Well, I'm um, I'm sending out some feelers to um, uh, Chad's parents live very rurally south of Buffalo, and they have space in their home for us and our cat and our other pets and our kids. But the thing is, is they don't really have internet, and so that is a problem for my job and then also for the puppetry company. So I'm contacting some people that we know in the small town that's about a 10 minute drive from their house to see if we might be able to rent a space for the summer in a space that they have or that they know of so that we could have internet have our shows set up like go in do office hours and then go back to his parents house that would actually give you a nice work-life balance Right. It'd be like uh, it, it'd be the opposite of being trapped in your apartments for yeah. however long. So, and well, the dudes can play outside too. Yeah, yeah. And so we're gonna. I'm. I'm. You know. I'm just gonna put out into the universe that that's what we would like to have happen is to find some kind of space rental in Springville, New York. So let's um, not give out their address. Oh, though. I'm, I'm you know not giving I mean? out their address, yeah, but I'm. I'm. I'm intentioning. I'm the secreting right now. I'm. Uh -huh. I'm doing that thing. So I just hope. That that's gonna that that will be. A thing. I actually haven't talked to my parents about that plan yet. So, no, I know. so if you're watching out there, <laughs> they don't have. Internet, so they don't have it sounds like they don't have internet, so they this. don't know this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's like I used to fantasize about leaving New York and going off to some you know amazing foreign country with like universal health care. But now, just like fantasizing about like going out to the country or just leaving the apartment in general and not feeling like. Panic. Going to the mailbox is going to kill us or something. You, you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you ever have, like, those same kind of panicky feelings? Yeah, I don't go out. I mean, that's sort of what's been going on, which makes me sort of sad, but absolutely. Like, oh, you don't, you don't know what you're going to touch, right? Or, or, or who's not complying. Uh, I, that's, uh, today, uh, me and our two boys, we have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, and we walked to the corner mailbox, which is literally a block away, and just from that walk there and back, the amount of people that I saw not wearing masks, standing way too close to each other, I mean, just even at the deli alone, outside, like at the deli, I couldn't believe how many people were not wearing masks, and I, I, I was like, we gotta go home. We got to go home right now. I'm so sorry. I thought maybe we could go for a walk around the block, but we actually can't. And now we have to go home. And luckily they were really understanding about it because I have my mask on. Our kids have their masks on, you know, and uh, they're like, yeah, nobody's wearing masks. But it's it's hard because are they see people wearing a mask, but only like covering their mouth, not covering their nose, you know. So it's confusing for them, too, because we're trying to instill like what the rules are. And then if they go outside and see all these other adults not doing it, then they don't feel like it's as important, you know? Of course. Yeah. And yeah. So it's so weird because it's hard. It's hard to convince somebody from the Midwest 
no matter your political affiliations, let's say um, that it's like 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 the Grim Reaper is waiting outside your door in in our city right now, uh, but then you can't even convince your own you know the people living in your city. So it's it, it's it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Mm -hmm. It I is found weird. This, I found this week to be uh, a little tougher than the other weeks. I don't know. What did you? How were you guys doing yeah, what overall? Was your, what was your week like? Well, <clears throat> we. I guess I'll start backwards. So what I figured out last night was that we had just finished our seventh week of lessons. So everything is just based around the lessons. That's kind of when our quarantine started. And Max hit 322 lessons, wow. which, which just kind of blew us both away. I mean, we knew we've been sort of tracking the number, but then it's like to say it out loud and, and think, wow, eight weeks ago. <laughs> it's been great. I'm tired hearing that number. That he's hearing her say that makes me tired. <laughs> And, the, and for those of um, us in the audience who um, maybe don't aren't familiar with your work, can you just give us a little bit of background about the kind of work you were doing before all this yeah. happened and then what you pivoted to right now? Absolutely. I'll let Christine talk about the pivot, but essentially, uh, I'm, I'm I, Max Darwin. I'm the amazing Max. Christine Cox, my wife, produces our show. Uh, we've been doing it off-Broadway consistently for 10 years now, and... Actually, 11. 11. See? <laughs> just gets better. Just gets better and better. 11 years. And then when we're not here... On Zoom, so the latency should be okay. If you think the computer will be better, we can use the computer no, camera. We're, we're good. Okay. So we might be on a delay with Facebook, is what you mean. Yes. Okay, I'm clicking go live. Because there a delay... Right and now. we'll find out what happens. On the video is what I'm saying. But it'll be all right. Okay, all right. Okay, I, we're I love setting you up the meeting. I don't think there's any setting I can click to make the latency, you know. And okay, it's cool. I just wanted to point it out because it wasn't there before. Oh, yeah. All right, so perhaps we are live on Facebook. Yes, we are. Let's say we are. Hi, guys. I see it. <laughs> Hey, look at that. Okay, I'm going to share it. All right, so because we're all professionals, we're going to take a second to share, <laughs> share everything <laughs> on our other social media pages so as many people uh, can in our, out of our circles can come into our circles, right? Here we go. Love that idea. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just going to share it really quickly. Sorry. Hi, everybody. We're going to get Hi. started in just a minute. Plus, I mean, who, who tunes in like the instant that something's live anyway, right? You have to click on the page. Then you go right. ahead, gotta go to find the live video, and so you know I feel like we're. I we're got a post-it note that says, "Always wait a couple minutes and kill time at the beginning <laughs> of any live feed." I had to remind myself. Oh yeah, yeah, that's important. Mm -hmm. All right, so what is this episode six? Seven. No. Yeah, lucky number seven. Seven episode weeks. Episode seven. Of. Uh, oh, you guys. The special guests. That's right. So tonight we host some very special guests on this very special edition of, <laughs> of the Bear Podcast. <laughs> yeah. So if you're if you're watching this, waiting for us to like get into it, just give us a second. So look, Z is like we're, we're we're forming some watch groups. This is what happens when things go live, right? Like, this yeah, like it. one day we'll be super savvy, right? If we were all like 20 years younger, we would have done this already. 
I, I think maybe the next Zoom updates, <laughs> you'll be able to uh, just there like jump right into it. All right, we got some peeps. Okay. Oh, oh but my volume's still on. Yay. Uh, classic mistake. Okay. okay. We're set on our end. You guys yeah. set on your end. You ready? Yeah, I'm just going to share. I'm trying to share it on. Uh, Here, why don't I just share it on my page? My I think page. it's going to take you a while. <laughs> no, here it is. I see it. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, good. Hey, I'm slow. I'm not that slow. <laughs> and the, the lag went away, which is good. So. Well, we're back in Zoom. You may experience, yeah. if you're watching this live on Facebook, you may experience some latency. That means that okay. I'm like jiggling my hands. It's not the okay, same so correct audio yeah. sync. I don't know. It looks pretty good. All right. I'm muting our so browser. We're, so, we're your first, so we're your first Zoom doing this on Zoom. This is true. I, I literally just, I just purchased the Pro Zoom account so we could do this. But you know what? It's like baby steps, right? Some things force you to do the steps that you knew that you had to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Trial, trial, trial by fire. This is the theme right now. <laughs> All right. Is this our official opening? Are we beginning? Sarah, let's do a clap. You ready? Yeah. One, two, three, two, one. Boom. Okay. Now we know. All right. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Puppet Parent Podcast, seventh uh, episode, seventh episode number episode. seven. Ooh, lucky ish seven, lucky seven. Yeah, and we are joined by some very special guests, friends of ours, uh, and I almost want to say mentors because we look up to them so much. Uh, mm -hmm. The amazing Max and his incredible partner slash producer Christine Cox. Yay! Welcome. Yay. You are so sweet. Thank you, guys. That is very kind of you. Yes. I feel we're like within the entertainment world, we're like cousins, you know, uh, puppeteers and magicians and uh, producers. So um, how, how are you guys doing tonight? Oh, you know, pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, us too. We're okay. We're okay. Uh, today was one of those days. Well, first of all, she's been working nonstop all day, and I have been lucky enough to have a couple breaks. So we're at that point where we're really happy to just like sit down and talk to you, other live human beings. So it's really cool. You guys are real people. So <laughs> it's really and nice to see you. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, on on our end, you you are the first adults that we've talked to. Uh, <laughs> in, in I guess that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it feels nice to be like, oh, you were also not five or seven. So that's that's amazing. I waved at a couple of adults at the seven p.m. clap this not this evening, oh, but that's they about. Wave, they they wave did back? wave back. That's they nice. did new new people to wave at. There's always somebody that's on nice. the roof, but they never see me on the way far roof. But but there are people down below. And I waved. They waved back. So yeah, seven p.m. clap, and the story is getting louder each night, which is nice. That's great. Yeah. Where are you guys at? We're in Harlem on uh, right at the top west corner of Central Park. And are you, is there a clap that, that you can hear? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's often a drum line um, that, that sort of sounds off and the horns are honking. And then last week, somebody just started cranking up music as loud as yeah, possible. Yeah. Like Mexican Tejano music, like really, <laughs> really loud. As if they were the speakers from his car that some now were in his living room. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they <is>. are. <laughs> yeah, they, they were. I'm pretty sure they had to be. 
I mean, if you don't, if you don't turn on your car, like, you know, every couple of weeks and drive it around, you know, you might as well put those speakers in your, you know, in your, in your room. Yeah. It's not going to work. And it bounced beautifully along the back of all of the buildings and echoed like, so it made it like three times as loud. It was kind of awesome. Got us moving for a second. We were like, you know what? This guy should tone it down a little bit. And then we were like, or maybe just keep it on for like another like two minutes. No, I did hear that same music come on yesterday at about 2 o'clock, and then I just heard someone yell, please turn it off. So, <laughs> and, you know, it made me think. It's oh, like, boy. you know what, it is 2 o'clock. It's a Saturday. Sure, it should be okay to have music playing, but, you know, it actually isn't that cool when we're all quarantined to play music at your loudest volume in the middle of the, Right. Yeah, I would say so. Not not unless it was like a request, you know, like <laughs> like everyone in the city play your music at the loudest. That's not what's happening. No, right no, now. It's, somebody's taking liberties with with, yeah. with everyone around there. But that's that's like a typical New York City thing, you know. It's like like if you have like a saxophonist living behind, like underneath you or, or above you or something, like you're gonna hear them play the saxophone at some point. True. Yeah. It's true. But also it's spring, so I feel like everybody has their windows open right now. It's going to be a lot different in a month and a half when a lot of us have air conditioners. Um, and, and then I'm cons- I have concerns about those who don't have air conditioners. I keep thinking about the summer. That's, what we're, that's where my brain has been lately a lot is like, what's the summer going to be like? And then I get stressed about it, and then I have to stop thinking about it. But this is my month to make a plan for the summer if we couldn't stay here. So that's my that's that's what we're doing this month yeah what you thinking what you thinking well um i'm sending out some feelers to um uh chad's parents live very rurally south of buffalo and they have space in their home for us and our cat and our other pets and our kids but the thing is is they don't really have internet and so that is a problem for my job and then also for the puppetry company so i'm contacting some people that we know in the small town that's about a 10 minute drive from their house to see if we might be able to rent a space for the summer in a space that they have or that they know of so that we could have internet have our shows set up like go in do office hours and then go back to his parents house that would actually give you a nice work-life balance Right. Like uh, it'd be the opposite of being trapped in your apartments for for however long. And the dudes can play outside too. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to put out into the universe that that's what we would like to have happen is to find some kind of space rental in Springville, New York. So let's um, not give out their address. Oh, I'm I'm not giving out their address, (laughs) but I'm, I'm, I'm intentioning. I'm the secreting right now. I'm, Uh I'm doing that thing. So I just hope that that's gonna that that will be a thing. i actually haven't talked to my parents about that plan yet so, no, I know. so if you're watching out there <laughs> they don't have internet, <laughs> so they it sounds like they don't they have internet so they this. don't know this is happening <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know it's like i used to fantasize about leaving new york and going off to some you know amazing foreign country with like universal health care but now just like fantasizing about like going out to the country or just leaving the apartment in general and not feeling like Panic. Going to the mailbox is going to kill us or something. You, you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you ever have, like, those same kind of panicky feelings? 
yeah, I don't go out. I mean, that's sort of what's been going on, which makes me sort of sad, but absolutely. Like, oh, you don't you don't know what you're going to touch, right? Or 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 who's not complying. Uh, right. That's uh, today, um, me and our two boys, we have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, and we walked to the corner mailbox, which is literally a block away. And just from that walk there and back, the amount of people that mm. I saw not wearing masks, standing way too close to each other, I mean, just even at the deli alone, outside, like at the deli, I couldn't believe how many people were not wearing masks. And I, I, I was like, we got to go home. We got to go home right now. I'm so sorry. I thought maybe we could go for a walk around the block, but we actually can't. And now we have to go home. And luckily they were really understanding about it because I have my mask on. Our kids have their masks on, you know, and uh, they're like, yeah, nobody's wearing masks. But it's it's hard because or they see people wearing a mask, but only like covering their mouth, not covering their nose, you know. So it's confusing for them, too, because we're trying to instill like what the rules are. And then if they go outside and see all these other adults not doing it, then they don't feel like it's as important, you know? Of course. Yeah. And yeah. so it's so weird because it's hard, it's hard to convince somebody from the Midwest, uh, no, no matter your political affiliations, let's say, um, that it's like, like, like the Grim Reaper is waiting outside your door in, in our city right now. Uh, but then you can't even convince your own you know, the people living in your city. So it's, it, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It is weird. Mm -hmm. It I is found weird. This, I found this week to be uh, a little tougher than the other weeks. I don't know. What did you, how were you guys doing yeah, what overall? Was your, what was your week like? Well, <clears throat> we, I guess I'll start backwards. So what I figured out last night was that we had just finished our seventh week of lessons. So everything is just based around the lessons. That's kind of when our quarantine started. And Max hit 322 lessons, wow. which, which just kind of blew us both away. I mean, we knew we've been sort of tracking the number, but then it's like to say it out loud and, and think, wow, eight weeks ago. <laughs> it's been great. I'm tired hearing that number. That he's hearing her say that makes me tired. <laughs> And, the, and for those of um, us in the audience who um, maybe don't aren't familiar with your work, can you just give us a little bit of background about the kind of work you were doing before all this yeah. happened and then what you pivoted to right now? Absolutely. I'll let Christine talk about the pivot, but essentially, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Max Darwin. I'm the amazing Max. Christine Cox, my wife, produces our show. Uh, we've been doing it off-Broadway consistently for 10 years now, and... Actually, 11. 11. See? Just gets better. <laughs> Just gets better and better. 11 years. And then when we're not here doing the show, we typically run the show from Thanksgiving through the winter. And uh, then we go on tour and we do a lot of runouts to different parts of the countries or tour, link three or four shows together um, on tour. And fortunately, we had just finished the main leg of our spring tour right before this started. Our last show was in Des Moines, Iowa, at with the Des Moines Civic Center on February 29th. February 29th, and we came back, and then it was shutdown time, you know. So fortunately, that we got a lot of those shows in, and while we still had shows canceled and postponed, uh, 
that was a blessing that we were able to do that. So then we pivoted. We, we realized when Broadway shut down that this was, we were going to be in for the long haul. Um, I don't know about you guys or when everyone else kind of when it, when the switch clicked in your head, like, okay, take it really, really serious now. Like we really need to think about this. Mm -hmm. Um, when they closed Broadway, Christine immediately said, okay, well, we're going to be home because, uh, we run an office. She has an office in Midtown and they were closing the building. So you are not going to be able to access your office. Um, so that means she's going to be working from home and that means, well, and so in addition to, so then our pivot, yeah. So in addition to producing your show, I also, yes. in the last three years started an agency where I represent, um, eight artists. So nine artists, eight that are not you. Yes. One of which I'm one, only one of nine. <laughs> <laughs> Is the lovely the couple, is the lovely couple we're speaking with, Wonderspark. Wonderspark puppets. Yes, hey. who are a part of the roster. So and podcasters and streamers <laughs> and do it yourself. Master content creators. Tech guru. People can learn a lot, and no jokes. People can learn a lot from how hard you guys are working and the things you're putting together. But they're not. No one's gonna pay attention. So they're so, all. They're just all gonna keep waiting till so wait, we're going on a tangent okay <laughs> so so yes so then um just to let all, all the listeners know who don't know um so we so we took all of max's live shows and we turned them into private magic lessons so that was sort of our first step in the pivot because we just couldn't figure out how we were going to do shows max's show is highly interactive and the one-on-one -on -one magic lessons felt like a really great way of the kid being able to have the magic in their own hand and that what we've come to learn through this process is that it's actually the best way of giving a kid a sense of accomplishment by doing the magic themselves versus just watching Max on the screen do the magic. The awesome thing uh, that unifies everyone with magic is that uh, by definition, you, you, if you've, you can't do it. It's a great equalizer. None of the children know how to do the trick unless they've already learned it. So whether they're seven or they're 11, they're all coming from ground zero and you don't know what the secret is. So when you learn the secret and you're able to then show someone else who doesn't know, it's not only have you created uh, a picture to share with someone, but you've actually learned something that you've then implemented. So it's gone through that part of your brain the uh, prefrontal cortex into the amygdala and the, I don't know what I'm talking about, but it goes through <laughs> the part of your Sounds brain good. where they're able to then show it through Zoom to their grandparents or their aunts and uncles or their brother and sister. So, so we're answering yeah. this question so long. So guys, our week has been pretty good. <laughs> we're, we're, we've, I think we've, we've hit and I want to like turn it back to you, but I feel like we've, hit a point now where, I, you know, it's been really hard. We're both really tired, but now we're starting to create like a flow chart of sort of what are the next steps in this process. Which is getting us a little of the creative excitement of back to what are we, how are we going to put our energy into that to make those things happen? And it's scary because a lot of this wasn't anything we had really thought about eight weeks ago. 
Yeah. So, how are you guys? <laughs> well, it's like I'm so I'm so glad to hear um, the like the idea of like the creative. We both grab a drink. There you go. Quarantini time, right? I got my I got my water bottle. You bring anything? Yeah, where's your beer? We'll where's never your beer know what's in here. You you always have a beer. Okay, well, you well, have I a had, mystery drink. No, I had one last <laughs> week, and then there was a big uh, discussion about whether or not that was appropriate. So, oh, but, no. I, <laughs> but I, my my whole thing about the podcast is that it's for parents. Like, it's a puppet parent podcast, and that it's Sunday night. And if you want to have a glass of wine while we talk about this, I think that that is relatable because everybody is kind of like, as long as you're not imbibing like crazy, you know, and, 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 you know, going off the rocker and not able to take care of yourself or your family, then I think it's okay. It's okay to take care of yourself. And for me, self-care means I get to have a beer or a glass of wine or something, mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day. So, and, and, and I feel like, and, and it's okay. It's okay for your partner to check in on you and make sure that, you know, like, you know, that, that, that they let, let their concerns be, be, you know, mm -hmm. float, float out there. You know, mm -hmm. like, I know that sometimes, like, worrying is, like, wishing for things you don't want to have happen, happen. Uh, but it's, like, it's okay to, to check in with your partner, even if it's, like, fantastical. Like, look, I know that this isn't going to happen and you're responsible, but let me just tell you how I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so after the podcast last week, we had, a, we had a, a conversation about that, and here we are. Here we are. And then, then the next day, I, I bought her a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, Sounds um, like you guys and, found a compromise. And, and you might have, before we went live, you might have heard me when, as I saw Max pour himself a tequila and be like, ooh, like how much tequila? Well, like, she asked me if I wanted a glass of wine. And I said, no, I don't really feel like having a glass of wine. But, you know, sipping on tequila <laughs> was like taking it up another level. So just I just. Like Mexico podcast. Come but, on. But, but just like Chad said, you want to. Also, check Cinco de Mayo is Tuesday. Like, <laughs> That's right. Is it Cinco week? Sure. Arriba. <laughs> so we well, anyway, so yeah, it was, so it, it was sweet. kind of a hard week for us. I mean, like it wasn't a bad week. It's just I think that um I think that the situation at least for me, I can say it got to me a little bit more this week. Um I'm usually pretty good during the day um because we have so much to do and to keep us busy, especially with the kids and their schoolwork and then I have a a day job with the Jim Henson Foundation and then we have these shows and things but um, I at night I was um, I don't know I just started to feel some more anxiety than I had been feeling about um, about the amount of death and the numbers and the thing you know all the stuff that nobody actually wants yeah. to talk about because it's like you know depressing um, yeah. but I just was feeling Maybe I was just thinking about it too much, but also I can't not, I, I can't not think about it because I want to, I'm a prep, I'm a prepared person. I want to be prepared. And I think knowing that April was ending and May was beginning and like what happened to April. And I just, I Seriously. think that was, that was also a feeling for me of like, oh my God, now we're in May. And the idea of summer getting closer, it, it's also making me feel a lot of concern, um, both for our kids, because I don't know how they're gonna do with all of this 
for that amount of time. And then also, um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe this is too much to talk about, but I, no. the thing that I've been thinking about is that a lot of people are leaving the city, yeah. right? A lot of people have left. And then who is left in the city? And the reason that I always, us. what's that? <laughs> just us. Yeah, for, just for, us. For now. It's for just now. the four of us. That's right. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll, we get to appreciate all the city has to offer alone. <laughs> In our apartments. <laughs> yeah. We're just, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I mean, I, and I don't want to be like, wah, wah. It's like, no, so, I, I so felt much. the same way this week, see? So I'm yeah. absolutely, I, I, kinda, I, I completely sympathize with I, you. I had a, a meltdown Monday night, and I think probably end of April might have been, you know, I don't think I thought about it in that moment, but looking back, it totally makes sense. It's like, oh, wait, wh what was made first, Friday? We're, we're hitting these hurdles, right? Like right. these hills and valleys where we get over feeling our anxiety, or at least for me, and then I'll have like a really good run of three or four days. And then I, for some reason, I find weekends really challenging. I don't know why. I find something about, uh, well, the one day off that I take off is Tuesday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday are all four days of work um, balanced with doing other stuff in the evening. But I just, I don't know why. I, something about the weekend not feeling like the weekend and just feeling like every other day of the week. I don't, I don't know. And I also think for me personally that just um, it's, it's come, the anxiety is coming up on another hill. As in coming out of a valley and, mm -hmm. and have summer have been having a lot to do with that. It's 80 degrees outside today, you know, and it's beautiful and thinking, wow, is this going to be through this weather too? Well, I'm also really concerned about the mental health of, of our city um, and the people in it. I, I have continued to watch the governor's daily briefings because I find a lot of um, information and some solace in them. Um, because they are, as he says, very fact-based. Fact um, yeah. And I don't feel like our federal government is leading anything right now, um, but I do feel like our state is one of the leaders of, of, uh, of taking charge in terms of like what is happening in our entire country. Um, and, you know, I can hear it a little bit when he's talking, saying like, you know, we have, you matter, we all matter. We have to take care of each other because I think that there is a lot of um, people who um, might uh, not make it due to mental health issues. And, um, you know, there was well, already... Well, that article, right, about that doctor, the ER doctor? Yeah, from New York Presbyterian. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, just, it's heartbreaking, right? For those of you who don't know, um, the head of the emergency room from New York Presbyterian took her own life. And then also just a couple days prior to that, there was a young 23-year-old EMT that um, took his life down at Astoria Park, which is just a few blocks from where we live. And so, uh, and those are just the ones that we know about that people wrote articles about. And I, so I just, so it's like a combination of all of these things I'm thinking about and then it gets late at night and everybody's asleep and it's just me and I, I, I get real sad. So. Um, and, and I think another sort of news story that has hit me too is um, Nick Kudera. 
and all of what he yeah, and his there. wife have been dealing with and just you know they're kind of in our age range for max and i and are you guys familiar with him he's no. the broadway broadway actor oh with his leg is he yeah. the one that lost his leg yeah. yes can you can you say a little bit more about him for those who don't know yeah he well he, he uh, has coronavirus he had COVID 19 and he was in a coma so April 1st, he went in and his wife dropped him off and they just thought it was going to be sort of a quick thing. And then he called her and said that he had been admitted. So she hasn't seen him since April 1st um, of when she dropped him off because then he quickly went into the coma and she... And then there was a blood clot issue, right? Or so something right. yeah. with, so, with the blood to his leg. So they had to amputate his leg. Yeah. And he's still in a coma. Jeez, and he's he, his family staying with Zach Braff. I guess they're very close, close friends. Mm -hmm. So Zach's been very uh, helpful in. It's it's it's. There's been a lot of money raised for the family too, but it's it hits close to home, you know. Yeah, and sure. so she's doing at three o'clock every day. He he's forty two and healthy. Forty one. Forty one and healthy. And so they, he wrote, a, it's called Live Your Life. So at 3 o'clock, his wife is a fitness instructor and a dancer, and everybody is posting them singing and dancing to his, his song that he mm -hmm. released. And, and she's, you know, sharing that, and she's doing, I don't know how she does it, honestly. She's going on, and she's got an 18-month-old, uh, I think. Oh, my goodness. They are, and maybe an 8-month-old. Oh, all right, don't people can fact check a, a young child, a, a young child in, in yeah. the midst of it all. Wow. So not that we want to go down that sad rabbit hole. So we feel, you know, really blessed. But even just what you were saying, Chad, about being a little bit scared to sort of go outside when you start reading stories like that, too. Mm -hmm. um, crazy. But yeah, I, I'm feeling a lot less sad and more anger, a lot of anger, a lot of like you sort of think about like, okay, you know, really bad things are happening. And then take a look at the people who are supposed to be in charge of certain things. It's like, well, it's really easy to point the finger and be like, well, you, you are responsible or you are responsible. And like, how dare you make this worse by with your actions? Like a lot of the um, people are saying about the armed protesters in certain states. Like actually, you're. This is the worst, and what you're doing isn't helping. You're just actually probably killing people um, with your actions. So um, today, I got a an invite, not an open invite, but like an invite to apply to a Puppet Slam, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna take all of this frustration and anger, and I'm gonna make a killer slam piece. And even if I don't get into the slam, I'm gonna make it anyway. And because I need some catharsis, I need like some release from all this like pent up stuff. And I feel like uh, social media is not a great place for that because <laughs> no. <laughs> if you post anything that, that somebody disagrees with at all, like 1% disagree that they will get in your face about it on social media. But if you make it like a creative platform for your feelings, uh, in a real visual way, mm -hmm. in a visceral way, then I feel like people can get behind that. And while we perform work for families and stuff, a puppet slam, for those of you who don't know, is a late night short form works for adults. And they happen in theaters all over the country. Um, do you guys, do magicians have anything like that? Uh, 
No, magicians are too egocentric. <laughs> you need to come to the puppet world. This is why I, I always. I'd love to come to a puppet slam. Yeah. I would love to. That sounds fun. Oh, no, so, um, so many right now. Yeah, there's uh, not, not not that I can think of. You know what there is? There's like. For, for people that want something like that, there's conferences, there's magic conferences, but I think that's different. I've actually never been to a single magic conference in my life. And actually, that's not true. I went that's to one. True. I went to one. Uh, but it's really, it's mostly for amateur magicians to take workshops with professional magicians and so forth. Well, but maybe with magic, though, it's not like you guys aren't necessarily developing in the same way where with a puppet slam, they're like developing sort of new and sharing creative and, ideas it sounds like and being like well this is what i've come up with there's really there really isn't that in the magic world yeah it sounds like there's a lot more collaborative and in the magic world there's this uh a veil of secrets that some people think that they have to keep and well they should there are secrets that should be kept well too yeah of course to an extent but yeah. you know it is really fun to be able to create and just come up with a piece and share a piece and say, hey, I, I know I've got this deadline in a month. I'm going to go to this event. Um, I love that idea, a challenge like that. When, so when you have a puppet slam, is there a, like a theme for each puppet slam? Sometimes. Some, sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's more like a curated evening of pieces by, by like a presenter who has selected these companies who have mm -hmm. applied with like their ideas. Sometimes it's like a potpourri where it's like, hey, just sign up. And you get what you get. Like an open mic kind of a thing. Um, and, and yeah, so I like themes, but usually with a theme, it means that it's all new works. So you have a mixed bag. Some of it's really strong and some of it's like, whoo, what is that? Um, so, so you always, yeah. so, so the audience has to be drinking in some way. Like you, <laughs> you have to have some kind of liquid in your hand, beverage to enjoy. But, but sometimes you bring something to like a slam and you, you're, you're testing the words, you're trying something out. And uh, the best slams are like, you do like three evenings in a row or like three sessions in a row. So by the end, you've performed this thing like a bunch of times and try new things each time. And so mm -hmm. like you have like a semi-polished bit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can lead into, you know, like something more or become a part of a show or, yeah. or something. But other times you just fall flat on your face and learn that way too. So it's like stand up for puppeteers. Yeah, a little. Kind of. It's, they, I mean, the whole idea is it came from a, like the term poetry slam, except it's a puppetry slam. So, um, and they, uh, they originally started at two different theaters in the U.S., um, the Great Arizona Puppet Theater in Phoenix, and then also Puppet Showplace Theater in Boston. Because um, I'm a puppet nerd, so I know where all the theaters wait, are. Wait, wait, did Rhode <laughs> Island, though, have a claim to that? Blood from mm, a Turnip, maybe? Well, no. I mean, Blood from a Turnip <laughs> was... was they were OG, but they didn't start it, okay. and and I can't remember if it was. I the think it was going to be like no, 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 Phoenix, who <laughs> came up with the term slam, but it was the same year Puppet Show Place in Great Arizona Puppet Theater started doing slams, late night short form yeah. events. See, yeah. I, it, it is it is the same kind of format as stand up, where you have like a bunch of stand up comedians, usually performing for other stand up comedians and their friends, um, mm -hmm. but um, but you don't go to a stand up comic show i mean to my knowledge and see like a really sad piece 
uh, that's not just like cringe sad. That's like, oh man, it made me feel like feelings. Feel, feel Most good. open mics are really sad. Okay. <laughs> in a different way. In a but I've felt bad feelings at them. But I get, I get what you're saying. But it could be like, wow, this is like extremely sad. And then the next one's like all comedy or like maybe there's a music act in between or, or, or something. So it's a little bit more like a Coney Island variety show, but you know, cool. yeah. You need a good MC to kind of lead you into the next thing. But um, so anyway, there's been a lot of online puppetry slams. So uh, the next one that um, that we're going to maybe be a part of uh, is a puppet show place, which is one of our favorite puppet theaters in the United States. Now, once again, I don't know if the director, the artistic director has read my email <laughs> with my submission yet. So if you're watching this, Roxy, that's right. I sent you an idea. If you think it's crap, just, just forget about that and we'll just, you know, just develop it independently. So, um, <laughs> but uh, I will give a, a quick plug for, um, uh, there's a national slam. Oh, yeah. Called like the National Slamdemic. Uh, which is happening next Friday, Saturday? The 7th, I think, or the 9th. Um, it, 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 it's coming up, but it's like, yeah. it's a big deal where you have um, uh, Bo Brown, who's mm -hmm. an incredible host, who hosts like uh, like like weekly or monthly stuff all the time down in Atlanta. He's very great at what he does. Mm -hmm. And they're bringing in all of these heavy hitters from the slam world. Uh, there's actually this Puppet Slam Network then uh, there's actually grants for slams to put on uh, stuff and that's extending now into the online world um, and so like that is kind of like an extension mm -hmm. of um, like a big national well-to-do it's like okay there have been like little slams or like you know like great slams like the great small work slam that has like tested the waters and shown everybody it can be done we can do this online well, you we mean can the do toy theater on... festival yes so this wasn't it was a slam ish but it was so Great Small Works, which is a company on New York City, they have been holding these toy theater festivals, which is like creating a small little theater with like paper cut out puppets and telling stories. But people have been taking that and making their own stories. And they've done four nights now of amazing variety of uh, toy theater shows from all over the country. And I, I, know, I know it's called a festival, but it feels like a slam it's, because it's yeah. all Newark. Yeah. And it's all about what's it? happening now, mm -hmm. you know. So lots of art, lots of really cool art happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should um, get some links going in the in 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 the comments. You want to dump some in there? Maybe well, yeah. people can check out check out Puppet Slam Network. That's yes. really the place to go. Well, what have you guys? Um, so I know you've you've adjusted your formats to like a thirty minutes, like one on one session. Do you feel like you've like perfected that now that you've done so many? Yes. So our, our little, <laughs> so our little uh, on the flow chart, I, I, you know, we didn't know it at the time, but by doing the one-on-ones, it really gave Max that time to kind of play with what magic tricks work. And what jokes work and what little gags work and, for younger kids. And, and, and for really, kids. how do you keep a kid engaged for 30 minutes, for 30 minutes? when they're quarantined and it's you don't you don't have that face-to-face -face communication right so so that's and and what we've done we've been slowly transitioning into doing like medium-sized groups so doing some private events um, like Max has done some corporate happy hours so this is just with adults but he teaches all of the adults some magic tricks um, and then 
with some school groups and then just some groups of friends that want to see each other. There was a family this past week that did like uh, you had two some cousins, some cousins jumped in on the Zoom call. The grandparents were there to watch and play along and the kids were, you know, I was engaging with the kids and it, that actually ran really great. It was probably six different households that were on that one. But, you know, it's like it's hard to with the whole muting with Zoom, I don't know how teachers are doing it. Like, I really feel for the teachers trying to engage because every kid wants to talk and they should have a moment to talk. But, like, how do you choose, you know, normally in a classroom, right, you can point. But here it's so, so we've been kind of growing to a place where next Sunday, Guildhall in East Hampton, we're partnering with them. So they're a presenter. Um, that has presented Max in the past. Uh, every summer, Max does their, they call it Kid Fest. And uh, so Max's July show, we knew by March, April, it was going to be canceled. So I had pitched the idea of, wait, why are we looking at ourselves? I, I thought it was just better. <laughs> Max, <laughs> we don't need to look at it. I wish big, I could get one-on-one -on -one and one on the other. of ourselves. Keep going. Um, so Sorry. we're doing our first virtual Kid Fest with Guildhall, and it's going to be a pretty large group, but we're going to have select, we're going to have featured assistants, so there are going to be three assistants that Max will interact with, but he'll be addressing the entire group, and, and we're going to try that model out, and we're going to see how it works, and then we've got a couple of larger groups that we're working on, um, and then even we're thinking of looking at summer camps right now. And, and how we can integrate, because like you said, Z, right, we have to start planning and, yeah. and, and, and thinking about what June and July are going to look like. And everybody doesn't, uh, so a lot of performing arts centers that we typically work with are all one by one committing and making decisions now in May if they're going to move forward with virtual camps, and a lot of them are. So I'm working with them now, um, which I might have stuff to talk to you guys about later. But uh, a lot of these conversations that I'm having um, are, th they're, they're in fact sort of asking me what I think they should do. <laughs> because they right. don't know. They don't either. know. They're struggling too. Yeah. They've, yeah. they've which, never done this. Which is where all of, the, all of this content and work that you guys are doing with DIY crafts and stuff is all just going to pay off in spades if somebody wants to work and partner with you to do stuff because they they are desperate with for ideas of what to do and you you can say look for the last two months we've been doing this um i somehow have like a six course syllabus of what i could teach children now just because i've had kids that have i've had 12 times now and i'm i'm like what else do i teach a seven-year-old or a six-year-old because uh, the whole point of everything that I'm doing is stuff they can find around their house. So everything just from like a dollar to uh, some paper clips, rubber bands. Wait, I still don't understand why you have matches. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I just. It did not involve lighting any fire, okay? okay? But there was a part of me that did think it would be very funny to have the kid go ask his parents for matches for magic. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh no. What if they said yes? What if they brought back some matches? Like, hey, I'm ready. 
They'll be like, who's asking? The Amazing Max. Okay, fine. You can take the magic. It's, it's him. No, they're for little tricks where you need to, like, make shapes, you know, like uh, little bar betches where, where you'd set it up in. Uh, I, can't I can't believe even, this is can't still going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, little things where you'd. Uh, not everybody has toothpicks, but everybody has some matches. <laughs> but, like, you'd make something that's, like, a square or something, and you'd, have, you'd challenge somebody to move one of them and turn it into a square or something like that. So things that aren't even 100% magic, but little things that I can add in on top of the magic to be like, here's a little game you can challenge your brother to that he'll never get right, and you'll look like a genius. And then you can be like, nan 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 boo-boo, I'm smarter than you, even though you're 13 and I'm nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. You know what I'm saying? So, so Matches. Thank for you. what you guys are doing with um, streaming your shows and, and with the DIYs, are you interacting in other forms rather than just the comments? Are you integrating in some one-on-ones with Zoom or anything like that? This, this, this is actually our first foray into, into Zoom. We, we've been um, presented by others who have brought us into Zoom chats. We've done, uh, <clears throat> we've, we've done, we've ran birthday parties uh, in Zoom, which is uh, a fascinating, uh, like, enterprise of, like, <laughs> Uh, it, like the, the the timing is completely different about like attention spans because everybody used to tell us when, when you do a live show in front of kids oh man well you got to do it like really quick because their attention spans are you know not not very long but then when we do a live show you know we could do it like a 45 minute show and they'd be amazed right that their kids would sit there the whole time now it's like back to like oh my god actually they won't sit there for that long uh for for certain things like a workshop or something so we've had to rethink the timing a little bit about like, just like, all right, they're watching a screen now, so you have to abide by screen attention span rules. So you gotta be like, okay, dance party, to workshop, to this game, to this tie-in, to happy birthday, and you know, so so we, we've had those considerations. We, we've, uh, other puppeteers have, have done really well by doing like live puppet chats, you know, especially in Zoom or with school groups and stuff. And if, and uh, our <laughs> like uh, our thing that has blossomed for us has been like telegrams, you know, where we we record like a little video message, uh, personalized with like different puppets. And we're gonna shoot some probably after mm -hmm. this. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's always like um, that's cool. Like talking to other puppeteers is like, oh, what what it, what's really worked for you? Well, this worked for for, for me, mm -hmm. and it's almost like like both of us want to get in on that, but like luck or fate or the market or forces or something are like dictating that. But this week we're, we're gonna try to focus more on doing private birthday parties um, because I feel like that's an area that is gonna continue to be a need for people is how to make this special day feel special when we yeah. can't go and do any of the things that we normally would do. So we would like to be an option for people to be able to to make that day special because as of yet we haven't hosted a full birthday party ourselves where we would do the workshop and the show mm -hmm. and we did a well we did we've done parts of it but like in terms of us doing like all the bits all the things we we, we did do one but we have learned from the best yes so we we're, we're ready i feel like we're ready now to like really push for doing more of that um, then that would be a positive. So if you know anybody who has any kids, uh, <laughs> viewers at home, um, who uh, would like a, us to be a part of their special day, send them their, our way because right. we would love that. 
well, you, you were... know, I, I have some like, I've been thinking like for parties, Max has maybe done, we've been very careful. We're not offering it on purpose. We've been very careful with how we're offering it and sort of figuring out what works. But we learned really quickly that in setting the party, if you're setting the party, you should have your video off and have the parent welcome everybody. Because what we found is if Max was on first, then everybody's coming in and then you're kind of waiting for everybody to arrive. And it's very chaotic. So if you start doing, that would be like my pointer. I was talking with a, a good friend today who she does princess parties and we, and there, it's just pretty chaotic. So it's like trying to find order and then almost putting it on the parent to just go over the Zoom etiquette so that when you come on as the performer, you're sort of separating yourself, not as the teacher, mm -hmm. but as the performer. So I, you know, that's just sort of what we're thinking about with some of these events and some of these groups um, to kind of give the parent that role. That's smart. But we, we always double team when, when mm -hmm. one of us is running the workshop or performance, the other one is, is moderating or being the host. Mm -hmm. but yeah, oh, that's great. But, mm -hmm. but for a party, but for a party, like for a show, that makes sense. But for a party, it's, a, you know, I think that the, the host, mm -hmm. you know, and then the parent can feel at ease where they've welcomed everybody. They've confirmed that everyone's there because what you were doing, he's like busy admitting people in. It's like, is everybody here? Is everybody? And then you've got right. that like thumbs up because it's, that's how a normal live party is. True. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good idea. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. We haven't tested it. We but, haven't tested it. She but, came up with the idea today. I was like, that's brilliant. Because I did something yesterday for two kids who are twins who are having a birthday. And we're not offering parties for just for the reason that I it's it's really challenging. I don't know how you guys have found it, but I find it incredibly challenging to deal with 10 windows with kids all in them that are all our friends and want to talk to each other and should be able to talk to each other, you know, kind of like in one aspect, like that's what they're missing is being able to talk to each other. And, but, but, so having to mute and unmute and then one kid is just being a little kid, you know, and he's like, I'm just going to keep on muting myself and talking the whole time and ruin it for everybody and blah, 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 blah. And so like, you know, at a certain point, you're juggling babysitting with doing what you what they hired you to do to make everybody happy and it, I think it's, it's about finding the balance if you guys are incorporating the workshop and you know you you, you will find I, I look forward to talking to you guys in three weeks because by then you'll have figured it out because that's the sort of time span that we're on right now <laughs> and by then because people aren't booking like remember like with live events people would be booking out like months in advance and oh, people yeah. are like booking out days in advance. Oh yeah. They're like, oh my God, my son's birthday is tomorrow. Please help me. Right. Yes. Well, because everybody kept thinking, oh well, it's gonna be over by May. Well, now it'll definitely be over by June. And um, and what I was saying to Chad is that well, on a benefit, you know, before our audience was New York City, now our audience is the country. You know, we we can have people from all over the country. But the trick is getting them to know that that's something that we do, that we offer, and that that's something that they want. So 
Um, how are how are you guys connecting with your audiences during this time? Um, we are, <laughs> you know, email. I, yeah, we, it's a lot of email. I would um, a lot of email. Um, we could be better on social. When you send a blast out, an email out, how often? Once every two weeks, I think you said. Yeah. Once every two weeks, we send out an updating email to our. But but I but I think that a couple thousand person email list that would say, uh, here's what's been going on. At this point, we've done this many lessons. You guys are awesome. Um, we're now we've been we're figuring this out as we go. We've said that the whole time. We're figuring it out as we're going along, and we're so glad that you guys are enjoying all of this. Um, here's well, what's gonna come next. Yeah, no, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I would say that, it, but we've sort of been at capacity. So, you know, his lessons are so full. So before we got on this call, I was making a Google form that's like our waiting list because now we have so many regulars and trying to fulfill all the group slots and not kill mats. Um, I'm trying to figure out sort of the next step. So we have students in Finland. We have students in Kuwait. We have students in Mexico, in Curacao, in Canada. You know, it's just sort of unbelievable. And in New Jersey. And, <laughs> and yes, New Jersey. <laughs> um, and, and so I have a, I've never been this person. I've always been a strict, I want you to email me business, no texting. But I'm finding myself texting with a lot of parents who are just, you know, checking in on the status and that's sort of the way they're communicating. So I've, I put myself, I put my cell phone number in my email, which sort of felt weird because I always felt like if it's not an email, then it's not real business, but everything has changed. I'm like corresponding with, in, you know, Instagram messenger. I don't know about with you guys, um, how you're corresponding with people, but it's not all happening through email anymore. Which I think feels it's by any means possible by whatever way people get to you i mean that, that was kind of the trend before the the outbreak was like i, I would feel like a, a facebook messenger message and be like okay can, can you email me please yes but, me, yes exactly always but and then it's just easier to organize your your information and search your information so it would always be like okay great set it up through a text and then please email me or fill out this form you know right. Now for, for us, it's like, uh, like I teach a streaming workshop for puppeteers every Monday and the, we've extended those because they've been very popular uh, because there's a lot of demand for this information. But so every, mon every Monday afternoon, I'm like, okay, I share with everyone um, uh, two graphs, uh, which is meant to like, like encourage everybody, you know, about like, you know, like uh, talking about like, when you monetize, when you ask for donations, this will be like like your huge donation spike will be like your first week, and then it's gonna flatten out or plateau or just like have a huge chasm, and that's okay. Um, so so I, I make I update the graph every single week, so I'm able to like graph and show like all right, this is like the ups and downs of like how we've been monetizing versus how many like private shows, and for us it's been like seven seven weeks now. I think we're on seven of like of like gaining interest in live shows, peaking at a certain point where we're doing one show every single day, which is crazy. And then going to another, like we're, we're in like a big chasm right now. So 
right now we're we're like the focus now is like okay drum up more live shows you know talk to more more clients or more places or figure that out so we can go skyrocket back up there but um the thing that i don't do maybe i should do is show how like we've had like this this 45 degree angle of growth and just like social media likes and interest mm -hmm. and like all the really positive things that's really come out of this is like having mm -hmm. a social media presence and Z was going through like every anybody who's ever liked any of our stuff and invited them to like our page through like the last years and years mm -hmm. of, of our stuff and so so it's, yeah. it's almost like even though there's like a dip it's like you got to remind yourself like okay all right so we got to work on this we want to send us back up but we also got to focus on like all the all the positive that's happened and we've definitely gained i think what is it over 1400 likes since mm -hmm. Um, March first. Right. Um, Guys, that's incredible. That's yeah, yay! So that's we're great. at like twenty six hundred likes and like thirty two hundred followers. So that's really good for us for Facebook. And then yeah. once I, I'm yeah, Chad said I'm doing this thing where I'm going back through every single post we've ever done, and there's this function in Facebook where you can see who's liked a post and then if they don't already like your page you can invite them to like it and so I've been going through and making sure that we've invited every single person possible because um, it, you can personally you can only invite so many friends uh, there's like a cap in terms of how many friends you can invite from your friend list I think it's like 500 but there's no cap if somebody has liked a post that 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 your page has put on so um, uh, so that's what we've been doing. And then once I'm done with that, my goal is to up our YouTube subscriber numbers as well so that um, we have, I'd love to get it to 1,000. That would be a great goal. We're at almost 300 now, I think. Yeah. So. What stuff do you guys put up on YouTube? Well, <laughs> it's like every week I try out something new <laughs> with streaming. Uh, like I thought I had had like a multicam, multi-platform streaming licked. And then um, I, I tweaked a couple things and suddenly like we're not, we didn't stream to YouTube directly last, last week. So, so, but I'm pretty sure I figured out what, what I did that messed it up. So I think we're good to go. Uh, <laughs> but, but we, we put everything in there. We, we archive all of our uh, uh, workshops that we do. Mm -hmm. we, we can't simulcast to that because our performing partners are, are putting it out and none of them all, mm -hmm. all have the special software to do that. Uh, but we put on after the fact. And then also we're supposed to uh, stream live onto YouTube and Facebook at the same time. And it's like I On figured, Fridays. Yeah, on Fridays at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. But it's like with, with the tech stuff, it's like it doesn't matter what you're using, like uh, OBS or Ecamm or Minicam or like wh whatever. It's like every week or every time you do it, it's a new challenge or a new something mm -hmm. and every time it's like oh man it's like every every stumbling block it's like you learn a little bit more and so by the end of i don't know how long but at a certain point we'll have figured it out like everything everything will be mm -hmm. like 
like Disney Dan or Adam Krutinger or like Cam Garrity or the, the well, other puppeteer streamers out there that have been yeah. doing it for years. We'll know a lot more. I mean, that's the joy and the stress of doing everything live. Almost everything we've been doing has been live, except for the puppet telegrams that Chad has been recording and sending. But that's yeah. special because then the child or the recipient, it might be an adult, um, can watch it uh, as many times as they want. And it's a gift for them. But the nice thing about the live stuff is that um, because we used to do um, YouTube way back when YouTube first started and none of it was live. It was all pre-recorded, but there was so much editing and time that went into that. Whereas the, doing it live, while it's stressful, it also takes out uh, that component. There isn't a lot to, that has to be done in post. Um, you think that. Well, but no, there's no, some. Not as much. There's but there, some, there is some. But yeah. it's not as much. And then also what's nice is that it, every time we go live, which we have live content every day, it's like a little pop-up for people. And then somebody will discover us who hadn't seen us before each time that we right. um, So that's why it's important to me that we do something uh, every day, live, consistently. Um, yeah, I, th I think Facebook. For, you, for YouTube? What's that? For YouTube, for Facebook. For, for YouTube or, or Facebook. Yeah, yeah. it's like all, all these platforms prioritize in order of live video, video, picture, text, like that. So it's like the more live videos you can do, the better. The more like regular videos you do, the better. So it, it all kind of feeds into, you know, like getting more interest, which is like what we always, what you always are searching for is more interest, more likes, more, more subs so that you can focus people mm -hmm. to your monetized content, um, but also at the same time fulfilling your mission of giving children something to do, give your parents a break, you know? So yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, so we're, we're still figuring things out with that. We have one of our Telegram purchasers, uh, Julie Ross, says oh, yeah. the Telegrams are a perfect gift. Thank you, Julie. Yes, thank uh -oh. you, Julie. We really appreciate you so much. <laughs> Hearts. That's right. Heart. That's right. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, that's the little Japanese heart. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. All right let, let's say Asian heart. Oh, Asian, Asian. heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that, and, and I love hearing that you're going through Facebook and sort of looking individually because when we started the off Broadway show, and actually even before that, so before we started producing the show, I was Miss Christine, and I, Max and I met at an event, like a, an event in Greenwich, no, not Greenwich, um, it was in Greenwich, Connecticut, um, and so I had my own princess entertainment company, so I had been working kind of in that world, so when we first started the show, I had my list, my list from people that had booked princess parties, people that had booked parties with Miss Christine, and then Max, I don't need... I, like when I came in the picture, you weren't like you were collecting cash. You weren't doing contracts. You were handwriting events on post-it notes. Like I'm surprised you didn't miss a show. So I just started like gathering. All Wasn't of taking the, deposits. Yeah. So I just started gathering. This is like in 2006, seven, 2007. Yeah. So I just started. That's when I started building our email list. And then after that, whenever. Max did any private event, right? Because we didn't, Facebook wasn't even a thing then. So we would bring our little shoe box where people would handwrite their email address and put it in the shoe box. And we would do a raffle for like two, two tickets to the show. And then so I collected, so in my MailChimp, I have segmented 
Um, everybody that's seen Max do a free show, so like where you guys met us at Tribeca Family Festival, we would have like a little shoebox of people, and that's how we started collecting. So then I know to this day on our mailing list, I can see the filter of whether they saw us for free, whether they inquired for an event, whether they booked Max, or they came to a show. And I know how many times they've seen the show, and it's all so it's so important what you're doing, Z, because that is what builds, that's what builds the word of mouth, and that's really what gets the momentum going. Um, so I, I like learning the new way to do it on social media, because I haven't even gotten there yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, we're, we're just trying to find time for it a little bit each day to say, like, well, what's the goal today, and then what's the goal this week? Um, and then yeah. today we, we said, okay, well, the goal this week is birthday parties. So we need to be figuring out how can we let people know that this is a service that we offer, that it'll be really professional and that it'll be, and it will feel special in this time where uh, not a lot of things feel exciting and special, um, especially for, I see a lot of people coming up with fun ideas for birthday parties outside of New York City. You drive by in your car, you put signs in your lawn, you know, you, um, you, you write things on their sidewalk, like all sorts of fun things that are not as possible here. And yeah. so I, I really feel for um, the families who don't have access to that kind of stuff, like being able to do like a car parade down somebody's street you know like that you're we're in the same situation we just had our five-year-old son's birthday party on saturday and well, I, I saw your cake good yeah. job thank you. <laughs> Nailed it. thank you so much yeah that yeah. morning uh he uh decided he wanted a piranha plant cake from mario brothers so oh, cool. awesome you know the your son says that's what he wants and there's nothing else that you can really get for him that day then that is what you do is you figure it out and um yeah, you know, I just, the, it's hard. I was definitely feeling a lot of, um, like we say in our family, big feelings about um, not being able to have a party for him, especially because he is so outgoing and he was, he's been talking about having his fifth birthday party for almost an entire year. Uh -huh. And so I, you know, I didn't really, I tried to really downplay it, not make a big deal out of it. We, you know, we did what we could. We had some presents and we had some cake, but also in some ways it was just like any other day um, in a lot of ways because I didn't want to remind him about how different everything is right now. Um, but he did get to have cake and he did to have, he did get to have some special things. Um, and we made um, a group uh, video of um, through VidHug, which is this um, app that uh, people are using to send uh, messages to people. And that was so special. We had, I think, about 44, 45 different little um, video messages from friends and family of his just saying happy birthday to him. Oh, how great. Yeah, it was super special. And oh. so that was actually, I think, one of the nicest things that came out of it, too, was um, getting to have that as a gift for him. Because we had family, we had friends, we had classmates. Um, but I can, I, all of that is to say that I can really relate to a parent's desire to want to make the day special and feeling like a little help, hopeless and helpless about it. Um, because 
any of the things that you were going to do feel completely out of reach. So yeah. hopefully we can be an answer to some of those concerns. Uh, and so then the question is, how do we reach people to let them know? Well, and well that, that's, that's number one. No, number two mm -hmm. is, is like, how's, how are our potential clients doing financially that's different than before so that we could figure out some kind of price point? Because I, I always worry about that. A lot of puppeteers too, too, but like, well, is there an expectation that the price will be lower because you're not face to face or is everyone just like getting like, how's everyone getting by? Is, is everyone paying rent this month? Like, how are they going to afford the same like amount of money for our services? So it's kind of like, always like back and forth in my mind it's like depending on how we're doing that week if we're doing really well the week i'm like oh, all right you know just this is what we charge this is our standard fee you know seen your thoughts down it's like well, no 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 i mean i um i felt the exact same way because we went through um when we set our price i can relate to this on two levels and sort of say what we done because I made some choices this weekend. So when we decided to do lessons, we decided on $35 for 30 minutes because we felt like that seemed fair. Um, that typically Max's rate would be like $100 an hour, $200, somewhere in that vein for him to do a lesson in person. So then, it, so I put, it's $35 special rate, $50 regular. We wanted to be accessible for everybody. Yeah, and wanted to be accessible and then I just started getting a lot of parents emailing me saying you need to raise your rates and it just it was like okay okay we will we will and I you know because we still were building up the momentum Max was building up his programming so then uh, on Friday I made the choice to go up to 50 um, and then I sent an email to all of our regular students and said that you guys are locked in at 35, but if you would, I, but I said, but we're being very sensitive to the reality. So number one, if you are in a financial situation, please reach out to me because we first want to acknowledge that. And we created um, Max Cares, which is our, through um, Fractured Atlas, we're fiscally sponsored. So we've had many people um, giving us donations to help those in need. And so anyone that's having COVID issues, I most certainly could use some of those funds to subsidize it. And then the second point was I said, and if you are in a position where you'd like to give more, so there have already been some parents that have reached out and said, can you bill me for this amount of money every week? So. I think that, and I felt like literally I wrote that email this morning and it took me three hours because I just kept going back and forth. Like, how are you going to phrase it? So I can forward that email to you because that might help you because it's it just, it's so challenging. And then when it came to figuring out how to do these groups, I'm like, do I charge a flat rate? Do I charge per person? And so I started by charging per person because I felt that that would encourage people to have smaller groups. <laughs> um, and it, and which work better, which just frankly, work better. for something like a party. So then now I'm sort of still riding on the per person model. And then the more people- Or per use, household. Per household. Yeah, yeah actually like we should household. clarify. It's per household. Right. Per because, camera. <laughs> because so you can't help siblings. You should, you know, like that it's too messy. And I don't want to count like heads. So I just think that 
three per household is a fair number. Anything more, um, you know. But if you've got a fourth kid, it's a no-go. <laughs> so it's a hard right no. out. Yeah. So, so we are nowhere near what Max's normal live rate is. Right. Um, but we are, you know, figuring it out. <laughs> so that sort of answers, but, you know, we're yeah. in the same boat. And yeah. I think that artists fight so hard. This is the agent in me now talking. That artists fight so hard for payment. Like, now isn't the time. We're all charities at this point. All artists are. All artists are charities. We're all struggling. With 12 to 18 months, two years. I mean, I read an article. I don't want to go down the negative path again. But, you know, it's like I'm reading articles that are saying it might be two years. Right. So that's a Before real... people go to the theater. Before, yes, I mean, all of those things. So, so we are in that category now. And I think that there's a way that we can transparently talk to our clients and figure out a way. I mean, of course, then I start worrying about people that I think might take advantage. And, like, you want to think that people won't do that. But, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that... I, I want artists to, if you're not making your full library, because you do take into consideration that you're not traveling, you know, there's like some of that overhead that's cut off, but you also shouldn't do it for pennies. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're all, we're, we're just trying to, to figure out how to, how to connect, you know, and, and to, do our jobs you know some people get to continue to do their jobs and we would like to be able to continue to do our jobs and and while I'm so I am so lucky that I do have another job um, besides the puppetry company um, you know it's still within puppet puppetry um, I, I manage a foundation um, for uh, for puppeteers but you know it's I I'm very much thinking about our fellow puppeteers all the time and that's half of our income you know, it's not all of our income. And so, you guys are doing, I mean, guys, you're doing such a great job. Aww. You really, truly are. Because, the, the, I mean, to just jump in and, and to be doing this, I know that a lot of artists are scared, and I get all of that. But you guys, you just jumped in, and you're just trying, and you keep trying, and some things don't work, but so much of it is working. And it is, of course, putting it out there, but it's, our, it's all word of mouth. You know, you make one kid happy, and then you have nine potential clients. Yeah. Yeah. And Thank you. You're, yeah, it's it's, here tonight. Yeah. No, you're, <laughs> you're doing thing. a I don't know if anybody else feels like that, but some some days I'm just like, I I I literally can't work. I like I don't feel like doing anything today, and I'm just gonna sit on the couch, uh, in an awkward position until my back hurts, because <laughs> yeah, it's like that. That's what, that that's what's happening today, you know. Well, I think also you miss performing. You know, we had yeah. we didn't perform as much this week. We had a couple. We had a couple shows. But it's not like it was. Like, Chad, before the pandemic, you were performing almost a every lot. single day. 
and it feels and it feels good it's like a little endorphin rush now when it performs like oh yeah here we go you know and like absolutely I, got, I, I have technical skills look at this i'm gonna make every moment count and you know when you're not getting that like all the time it's like it's yeah mm -hmm. it's tough mm -hmm. well that's why when we first started doing this and um we were talking about okay well z we could start you doing the workshops at the beginning but then we can have other the our, our performing partners do the workshops all the time because you're busy and i was like no <laughs> don't take it away from me i need it too i'm a performer and i know that i'm busy but i won't like even though i'm not performing the shows because i have a hard time memorizing the shows right now <laughs> i used to perform <laughs> with chad um, before we had both kids, we were performing together all the time. And then since having the kids um, memorizing the show and feeling as confident as I used to, is like as a dedicated amount of time that I would have to set aside for that. But hosting a workshop and coming up with fun ideas off of Pinterest, that is my happy place. I can do that <laughs> every single day. So um, now we have themes, which is so exciting. That's our new thing. Uh, this past week we had superhero week for our puppet DIYs, and this next week is going to be mythical creatures, which is super yeah and and how to make them <laughs> it's like it's like you guys are like figuring it's like what i'm hearing is that the things that you kind of thrive in and if you can keep that momentum going right i mean it's chad's got to be performing and you've got to be creating <laughs> yeah yeah, and it's not, I, you know, we, we share the load. We have um, three other performing partners that, that are um, doing it with us. So we have Christina, and we have Jenny, and we have Julia, and they're all doing some of the DIY workshops as well. Um, but I, I can't not do some of it. I have to. It's just part of who I am. And also, I want people to see me, you know? Yes. Like, <laughs> I, I'm part of things too, guys. Um, so even though I'm not performing the puppet shows right now, if this goes on long enough, just you wait. Ah! <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of the, the background. When Max is doing lessons, he had this adorable kid who he said to you, um, Max, you are the best magic person I have ever met in my life. Aww. And I just burst out laughing. And the little from the other room. From the other room. And the little boy goes, why is that person laughing? He said, oh, that's my wife, Christine. She's just laughing because she thinks that you're being so nice. Five to 10 minutes later, this little boy just goes, amazing, Max. Will you tell your wife that she shouldn't be laughing? You shouldn't laugh when people say nice things about you. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked over my shoulder like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh <-huh>. Oh, man. <laughs> But no, it's, uh, yes, definitely give you the jokes or, or he had another boy this week at the end of every session, he says, ask me anything. Um, and so this boy, just 11 year old boy too, he goes, how do girls brush their teeth? And Max said, with their fingers. And I just yelled out, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> He said, how do gorillas brush their teeth? Oh, I thought he said oh. girls. <laughs> oh, now it's... That's, that, that's why I was wondering why you thought that was a weird answer. Like, haven't you ever seen a gorilla brush their teeth? I thought he said girls. And now that makes more sense. 
I wouldn't have said with their finger. I was just, I was insulted. I was like, why would you say that a girl would brush her teeth with her finger? Would you brush her teeth with dirt? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he had like a New York City accent. He's like, how, how do goyles brush yeah, their teeth? Brush their teeth? <laughs> Up in the Bronx Zoo, a gorilla. He's like, ugh. You have um, more boys taking your workshop than girls, would you say? No. We have a lot of I girls. I would say it's a really wonderful 50-50. No, no. I think, no, I think oh, it's wow. I think 60-40. Still, it's not enough that I could lean one way or the other and say, like, it's like a landslide, boys. No, by no means. He has, so one of his more accomplished magic students is excellent Elizabeth, who is from Finley, Ohio. We met her when Max was touring in Finley, Ohio. At the Marathon Performing Arts Center. Marath yes, and that was in February, so not that long ago, February 1st of 2020, and um, she is the town magician. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Let's Bring out the town magician! <laughs> <laughs> Bring her out! <laughs> no, she's a young, she's a young she's teenager. A so she she was, loves magic. She loves magic. Cool. She has her sequent vest. And she's got all of her magic gear, and she was doing the pre-show in the lobby before the Amazing Max. Yeah, she was doing little little five ten minute shows for the kids. Yeah, with a little raccoon puppet. Yeah, and um, and it was really charming and wonderful. And we were talking after the show, and Ohio actually has a really wonderful history of magic. Really, you, I don't know if it if that would be surprising at all to anyone, but um, yeah, there's some wonderful magicians that have come from and live in Ohio. And there's a big uh, festival every year called Columbus Magic Fest, where uh, certainly anybody in the Midwest region, in the Ohio region, could get could get over there very easily. So she said she's been to that a whole bunch every year. So she wants to get better with her close-up magic. She does mostly illusions. So she's working with Max, excellent Elizabeth, working with Max weekly um, on her magic. And she just did her first Facebook Live. She did a virtual 15-minute um, Facebook Live um, the other day, and she did a pretty good job. She's going to be so embarrassed when I tell her <laughs> that we talk, we're talking about her. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm always so – I love magic. I don't understand it at all, but that makes me the perfect audience member because I'm always yes. impressed yeah. about everything, and I'm like, shut up. No way about no, everything. Um, I just think it's all amazing. and. Um, and I love uh, when uh, women uh, are interested in magic. I wish that there were more um, women whose names I could just come up with off the top of my head and say, like, oh, that's a woman music magician and that's a female magician. And I, actually, a couple years ago, I watched um, a couple of documentaries about um, young magicians. One was about the Magic Castle. And um, they were uh, bringing up these younger magicians and training them at the castle. Because yeah. that's my dream is to go to the Magic Castle. And Tim will ask. We'll go. We'll all go. We'll go. We'll go. Oh, I'm so excited. Yay. All right. Good. And then my, uh, the other one was about the Bryn Mawr Magic Camp. Um, Pennsylvania? Yeah. Yeah. They have a magic camp every summer at Bryn Mawr. And, you know, my teenage inner child was like, oh, I wish I could go to the magic camp. <laughs> uh, wait, can we tell you a fun fact, magic fun fact? Yeah. We live 
So um, we didn't know this when we moved to where we live, but around the corner from us is Houdini's house, where Houdini what? lived in New York City. So we York feel City. like super magical that we're on the Houdini block. That's cool. That's so awesome. Wow. Walking my dog by one day and I looked up and there was like a plaque and I squinted and I was like, bull. <laughs> I was like, no. Wait, which? Hold on a second. It's, it said like. What's the time warp mark on that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have to edit this out of the podcast. Oh, no. It does work for Chad. Because <laughs> uh, we're not explicit, Max. Oh, sorry. No, it's right. I was like, I was like, no way. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, how many times? I, I know I was flabbergasted. I was floored. So are you really into magic history? Is that something that you absolutely I love magic history? Aren't you? Aren't you into puppet history? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Same so thing. I'm just I'm fascinated by it. I love it. I love it. Love you it. Love it. You know a good amount of magic history too. I take pride in it. I, I'm. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And yeah. and so there's a lot to learn from it, as I'm sure there's a lot to learn from puppet history. So what oh, yeah. we found out, so Houdini lived through the Spanish flu, and and as and like kind of later in his life, he was known for really working hard to recruit new young magicians into the field. So in this sort of parallel way, somebody pointed out to us, it's sort of like what we're doing now kind of accidentally, right? Recruiting a new wave of magicians. I didn't so, know that. I mean, yeah, I read Houdini's, I think, autobiography or autobiography. Very complicated guy. Very, like, beloved by people who didn't really know him well, I think. And then, mm -hmm. but then, like, once you get to know him, like, a little bit, I mean, the the type of celebrity that he was didn't really exist until until and like he was like kind of the first of his kind. It's like a walk. He was a superhero, character. man. Yeah, <laughs> he was a superhero. Just just the idea of that, uh, more than magic, he was able to escape from anything. Uh, think about think about that as a metaphor. You know, uh, he can he can break free of anything. No, they would the the the. Posters would say, nothing on earth can hold Houdini. And it's, that's as much as a superhero as, as you had then. He was, he was a real-life superhero. Awesome. And, and build it, it, it as such. It was, it was a, quite a special thing. He was, he was people's hero. Hmm. What's he was his their hero. Name? Eric Weiss. Eric Weiss. Yeah, the... the, the, the... The name, the name of the magicians that he based his last name on, with like the Houdin or who? Oh, Houdin? Yeah, Robert Houdin. Yeah, H O U D I N. Robert Houdin. Like kind so of like adopting into magic history a little bit. Exactly. When Robert they're... Houdin was amazing in his own right. There's many, many incredible stories about Robert. Yeah. Robert Houdin stopped a war using magic one time. Go ahead. Amazing. <laughs> No, I can't top what you just said. He stopped a war? Yeah, he stopped a war. How is that possible? Uh, he, he, uh, oh man, I'm going to get the story wrong. He, if you're making it, 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 was, it, was, it was an African war. Man, this is going to be great. I'm going to totally so push it. Don't make it, don't make no, it. No, hold on, hold on. Fake news. It could be fake news. He told, to he say. told some African warlord or told these guys uh, that, uh, told someone that, you know, he couldn't be hurt by their bullets. 
and uh, he handed them their guns and they fired them at him. And he held out his hand and dropped the bullets onto the ground. And people, the, the guys were freaked out. They thought it was supernatural. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. and, uh, and it froze conflict, it froze the conflict. Awesome. I can't even wrap my brain around that. Um, well, I came home, I don't know, who knows, this could have been two years ago. And there was all this like wood, like gross old wood laying in the middle of my floor. And I just was like, Max, what is this? He's like, they were doing construction at the Houdini house, and I wanted to just get a little bit of wood from the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we, so, uh, yeah. The house isn't sold. It's like been divided. Okay. It's obviously divided up into apartments, but we have heard from people that have lived in the house that there are sort of secret compartments and wow. sort of special things. So. That's so cool. There's so, like secret, there's secret puppet history to the city, but but it's kind of like some of it, some of it is like, I feel like it's more obscure. Like there aren't any plaques to any puppeteers around the city. Well, the and the coolest thing was kind of covered up, which was um, on 67th Street. The Henson Workshop used to be there on East 67th Street, and mm-hmm. um, they you could see Kermit's feet in the cement right outside of the doorway of where the puppet shop used to be. And then recently they've extended that doorway so that half of the feet are covered. So you just see his heel. I can't believe they did that. And when they were doing the construction, I remember passing by one day and I said to the guys, the construction guys, I was like, you can't cover these up. These are important puppet history. (laughs) I don't even know if they spoke English. They were just like, Crazy lady, like, we put we put these boards over here. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fo- the the Fox News building is on is n- not right there, but like right next door to yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, but there's like other stuff. Like there's a lot of like a uh, Yiddish puppet theater in the city that like don't cool. exist. Or, like oh, the, mo- the moment, the moment, the dedicated moment shots. Uh, puppet theater and all these other puppet theaters that were just strictly physical buildings for puppet theater. Have like have come and gone and it's like unless you see it as like a little factoid in some of those like screens that are up around the city like you will never know that all this stuff happened well you know one of the things i always wanted to do was to create a walking tour of of where the places used to be because we have the addresses of like bill baird's old theater and tony sarg's workshop and all of these things but um yeah, the, the stephen Wiederman double marionette bridge basement in union square yeah theater. and johnny clockworks old theater and you know there's there's definitely history but it none of those spaces would look like what they were i don't yeah. know so it would just be like well that was there yeah. now it's not I, I, imagine <laughs> there are no photos or recordings of any kinds they would say, <laughs> we swear <laughs> well but there's you know, bits that like where where were we in Seattle? There was a great Henson um, exhibit. There, at, oh, yeah. the, at the, uh, the Mo- pop MOPAC, culture? Pop Culture Museum, or what it is, whatever it's called. Yeah, Museum of Popular Culture. Yeah, yes, that's it. Yes, that was a, a touring exhibit through um, Museum of the Moving Image. So that exhibit tours to different museums throughout the country. And right now it's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And then it'll be going on to other museums. Yeah, yeah. Z, Z probably worked on MOPOP. that. Mopop is that Nate? That Mopop, yeah. Oh. I liked seeing I the early know. parts of, or I liked seeing the early puppets he did for those black and white TV shows. That was really cool. Oh yeah, 
actually someday when we can go back to the Museum of the Moving Image, um, the, uh, they have a great exhibit of all of his early stuff for Wilkins and Wonkins and all the early um, sketch comedy stuff that he was doing for those commercial bits. Um, so great. Yeah, the archivist, uh, Karen Falk, she was actually watching this for a little bit earlier. If you're still watching, hi, Karen. Hi, Karen. Um, She's the archivist for the Jim Henson Company, and she has done so much work with her assistant, Susie Tofty, to put together all those exhibits, and they're just awesome. Yo, speaking of puppet history, Nick Coppola just joined. What's up, Nick? Oh, yeah. So Nick was the owner of um, Puppet Works in Brooklyn, but then also brought puppetry to Macy's. And so uh, the puppet nice. shows used to be at Macy's uh, at Christmas time. When you would go see Santa, you would also see a puppet show that was Nick Coppola's company so. for, for years and years until yeah. until the person yeah. in charge of that space which was a closet space and not, not a closet but it was like it was it was like backstage part, yeah like like you wouldn't see it in like the normal story was like storage that they would kind of take over mm -hmm. that person decided <laughs> now actually i i want to put some stuff there this year so that was it and the end of the 40 year tradition it was long yeah it was, it was like yeah. almost, it was like decades and decades of like yeah we go to see santa and we go to see this amazing puppet show which they would perform eight times a day wow, wow. that's so wow. exhausting wow no no more I know. never like it never existed i almost feel like when when things are back to normal it would be nice to petition macy's to bring that back as like a nice little thing you know maybe that they would be willing since everything was gone you know to to bring people back in but who knows who Those knows man. ah simpler I, times yeah. <laughs> you know what you're reminding me of see and being a planner is that i we need to get a new air conditioner unit and my friend today he said you better order that now because oh, yeah. with the delay of everything before it starts getting really hot so should get on that and you'll be miserable if it's hot in here yeah let's get some ac <laughs> you know what i want to do is bring our acs uh to our friend's house a few blocks away and clean them <laughs> because they're gross right um, yeah clean them at your friend's house we, don't do it at your house we, well we don't have a hose like how yeah, would we clean it you know yeah the, but the, 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 i'd throw it away and get a new one <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've been awful but like because we're on the first floor, the all of the apartments above us drip into ours, oh. and it just always smells like mildew by the end of the summer. Yeah. So we've just like, like understood that we're gonna spend two hundred dollars on a unit that's going to probably be disposable at the end of the summer because it just gets so, so bad. Yep. So parenting calls. Z has abandoned her post because there's a knock on the door. Their oh. seven-year-old is still awake, even though it's ten thirty. Uh -oh. Sounds like a cue. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been doing really great. Uh, we instituted this new this new thing about um, like motivating him to exercise and do and like have a better attitude. I mean, we all need better attitudes, right? Um, but uh, yeah, we we have like a chart, like a monthly chart now, which is like okay, if you do these things every day for a month you know then you'll get something that you that you actually really wanted so i don't know how long it's going to last because these things like never last now you change it into <laughs> the next thing but right. we're hoping fingers crossed that it's going to last at least like i don't know a couple weeks how's it been going 
I mean, we're on day two and it's great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like allowance. Like we had an allowance system, but then, uh, and they're really motivated for money. Like, okay, great. Yeah. Cause they're saving up for those gumballs, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, on the street, you know, like, um, like 25 cents. Yeah. What, what could they possibly need money for? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the concept of it is like, we must have it. Yeah. No, I mean, the, like ice cream sandwiches after ice skating was like a real, was, I was like, sorry guys, I only have a dollar. I'd be like, oh, I should have brought my quarters, you know. But no, it, it didn't, it didn't last. It was only motivated for a certain amount of time. Now we're back to square one. So, so, so we'll see. I mean, like every chart that every parent has ever put up, I'm sure it was, you know, you have to keep in mind that like, all right, this is only temporary. This is only going to give you what you want, which is like, like sanity for a certain amount of time. And then you have to figure out like, all right, what's next. So we'll see. I don't know. See, see, Z's gone, but I feel like I've, I feel like we've been going for an hour and a half, which is great for a podcast. I know. We yeah, we probably should wrap it up here. We're having, but we're having too much fun. You know what it is? Yeah. It's having four people talking. Yeah, double the length. Woo! Yes, indeed. How's um, your I have child? to go check in our son. So, um, because he he needs that. He's seven, and he's still you awake. Know what? This is real. This life. is a perfect ending to a to a lovely hour and a half. Yes. Yay! Thanks so much for joining us, Christine. Thank you for having us. Yes. Yeah. Let's so, let's double date let's double date podcast Facebook Live again soon. Yeah. And so if, Bye, everybody. Hi. Uh, if you uh, if you're out there, if you watched this and you enjoyed it, uh, please like and subscribe. Uh, I'm sure you're either watching on Max's page or on our page, but please cross pollinate. Let's 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 join our communities and and join forces and let's spread some art. You know, because if you if you're not quite into magic yet or not quite into puppetry yet, you know, like check out what both communities have to offer. There's so many amazing people uh, in the arts, let's say uh, throughout the, the internet right now, like that are streaming stuff and that are really trying hard, just, just like, uh, you know, Max and us, not just to make a buck, but just also like to keep ourselves sane and creating stuff because our, our, our livelihood as artists is just completely disrupted. And we're on day 51. Yay. <laughs> and can I add one thing? And also all we're doing, what we're doing is helping out a lot of other people too. Yeah. A lot of kids that are cooped up and need a laugh or a lot of parents that need their kids to be distracted for 30 minutes or something fun to do. And uh, there's a lot of people far worse off than you and the two of you and the two of us, you know, and that we're able to do this even a little bit and support ourselves and give back at the same time is awesome. And so I've been waiting for this whole podcast to tell you, Z, I, I don't, I haven't told you. I am secretly obsessed with puppets. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm completely open to going to the Eugene O'Neill puppet festival. Yeah. I would, I love the idea. Um, I've always wanted to have a puppet sidekick and uh an alter ego and uh to play with puppets so so maybe this is another fun thing that emerges out of this absolutely Our love for magic your love for puppetry there's there's a there's i'm gonna give there. your puppets some matches and you guys help me make a puppet <laughs> <laughs> i'm so excited i can't wait to teach max some puppetry Yay. i can't wait to learn it yeah and then you can okay. teach me some magic in a heartbeat. This okay. girl. This girl. 
we 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 went and saw a mentalist once and and he had this he had this big setup and he's like and he's like okay and he's standing behind the, the like all these boxes and he's and you gave him your ring and he's like he's like yes i'm holding your ring in this hand and i'm like all right in my mind like i know two things about magic it's not in this hand right and and so of course it's in like the inside a box inside a box inside a box and she's like how is this possible so if if she learns the any fundamental magic i'll be so proud so proud of this little lady actually maybe i don't want to learn it because i love you do you're gonna learn it um I love the, I love experiencing it, you know. I am the best audience member, I think, because I just there's, there's a lot of things that Max does that I still don't know how they work. I mean, I sign off on all the bills, and like you know, when he says he needs to get things, I do question. Like more and more, I do question certain things, but you know, <laughs> what, what? It's magic. <laughs> it makes me so happy. See? Yes. Awesome. No. Can't do any of it. Don't understand it. Love it. You can still love it and, and then know how he's doing it. True. That's right. True. That's true. Yes. All right. So maybe we'll trade. We need to we'll do have a... some sort of okay. Actually, maybe well, we should say be... our good nights. Yes, we should say our good nights. We'll have more offline and online conversations. That's right. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> I think my mom might still be listening, so hello to my mom. There's a couple people here. <laughs> and thanks for having us on your yeah, podcast, guys. This was us. really fun. Take care, guys. We'll have to okay. do more. Okay. Good night, Facebook. Bye. Bye. Bye.